Temple University is ranked among the top 50 public universities in the U.S. Through hands-on learning opportunities and world-class faculty, Temple students are prepared to soar in their careers. Schedule a campus tour today at admissions.temple.edu. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the captain's back in action. It is Tuesday, Tuesdays with Tony, June 21st. It's me, Florida's greatest comedian. I'm back in Tampa, baby. I'm back from the two-week craziness of the Bahamas. With me, as always, Tony Mazer. How the hell are you? I'm doing well. Welcome back to stateside. Welcome back to the mainland. Coming back from the Bahamas. And uh, right now, currently in Ohio, it's about 95 degrees as I record this. Was How was the weather? How was it? Uh, uh, we, if, uh, if people want to know what happened uh, with the legal situation, you can listen to last week's episode. But everything... Um, you know, on the up and up since then? Well, I live in Florida, so the weather is just like, who gives a shit? Yeah. <laughs> that weather, I, I experience that weather all the time. But it was one of those things where I was so happy to be home. And I realized Tampa is officially my home now. I got When I got home, I was so homesick. I was so happy to be back today doing what I do, my normal routine. And I go, this is home. I used to have that feeling for Cleveland. Cleveland, you know, I always say I represent Cleveland. But Tampa's now my home. This is where I live. Yeah, Cleveland shouldn't be anyone's home. I'm telling you that right now. I've been trying to convince my wife about it, saying, hey, because we were in Cincinnati for our anniversary over the weekend, and like, this is a kind of a cool place. I could, I could live in Cincinnati. I could live in Columbus. Not fucking Cleveland. I'm tired of it. I'm so tired of Cleveland. Yeah. And my wife just wants – she's like, I just love it. This is my hometown. I'm like, yeah, it's mine too. But we have two different – visions of what our hometown and our and our love of it yours is wow i love this town and mine is yeah i grew up here yeah i have family here that's about it <laughs> i think mine would have been a lot different considering the alan cox show still on the air and how they treated me that whole station treated me and how the comedy community turned on me because of that situation and all the bullshit that went with it and and you know my mom dying i, I just kind of really got disconnected i was like ah, it's not home anymore i don't feel connection i don't feel like I need to go back. And when I was back there, when we hung out, I was just like, ah, I'm good. You had a I couple got- of days. You, uh, you know, we did a comedy show. You met up with hot Carl, a couple of friends, you got laid, you know, that's uh, And then you leave. That's it. That's all you need to do. You got a, about three days of Cleveland and you go back home to sunny Florida and welcome home. It's like you're home away from home now. Yeah. You know, it, it's, it's funny is because the Bahamas, like I talked about it. I'm not going to, a lot of people are going through real shit and they're having problems. And I'm bitching about being in the Bahamas for two weeks, you know, and the struggles that went with it. And it was like, it was annoying. It was annoying. I spent a lot of money, a lot of money. You know, I got paid very well, but I, I spent a lot of fucking money down there because nothing's convenient. It's like a tourist destination. And you, there's not just like a giant Eagle. There's not a Publix. It's like some rinky dink, crazy store that looks like it was in the walking dead. And it got raided over 50 times. And it, it just wasn't, it wasn't easy. There were like there wasn't a microwave where we could just buy something and we can cook. We had we had to go to the buffet. We had to eat shit. We had to eat a hot dog. And I just was over it. Are you uh, like do, how much weight did you gain or lose? I mean, you could have been starving at the hotel, went to the gym every day. Like, did you put on weight? Like what happened there? Oh, I put on weight. I was I went in there looking good. I was getting I got my weight down. I, was, I saw two abs. I was getting pumped and I figured I was going to be down in the Bahamas. I'm going to work out every day. The gym was always packed, packed, like lines to get on the machine. So I just didn't go to the gym. I just sat in my room waiting for the show. It was pretty, 
it was crazy because all I did wasn't crazy. It was boring as fuck. I'd sleep in because there was nothing to do. Go get breakfast, come back, go to the pool, jump in the pool, lay out for a little bit, go take a nap, watch Stranger Things or a Netflix movie, walk around for an hour, make a phone call or two, take another nap, watch something else, watch porn, get ready for my show. And I would take forever to get ready for my show. I'd shower Mm -hmm. for like an hour just because it was just nothing to do. We were killing time. You do the show at nine. I go on at 9.45. I do 9.45 to about, no, yeah, 9.45 to about 10.40. We do meet and greet, merchandise. It's 11 o'clock. Everything's closed at fucking 10.30. Nothing to eat. So I have to go back to my room and eat a ham sandwich. Uh, it just, you know, it, it, it's, yeah, it's interesting because you talk about how, because I know you do this. I know Godfrey. I know Florentine. Well, when you're touring in a different town, you're always like kind of finding a Planet Fitness and LA Fitness, uh, Anytime Fitness. You're finding a gym to kind of, and that takes about two to three hours, preoccupies yeah. what you can do before. I'm thinking about some of these comics that are sober, but they also don't go to the gym. So if you're someone like when, Let's say, for example, when he was still alive, Gilbert Godfrey. Now, no one ever thought Gilbert was somebody who's a gym freak, but no one else thought of him as being a drug user or an alcoholic or anything. So what do you do if you're somebody like that, where you're in a different town, you probably had to do morning radio and, uh, hey, it's, we got Gilbert coming up. Uh, he's going to be at uh, you know the comedy club this weekend. So what do you do from the 7.45 a.m. spot that you had to do on the radio for five minutes till the show starts? nearly 12 hours later it's like what do you do and especially when you're not in a town and you can't really do much so it's just basically it's a lot of wasted time a lot of a lot of movie watching i guess well and that's where i think my boozing got a little out of control is because when i was traveling hardcore the way i was i was trying to kill time and i go oh i'll drink and i'll pass out and i'll be ready for the show and and you know that that's that's a problem luckily the bahamas was so expensive i didn't like have to like I, yeah. I couldn't afford to drink every night. So that saved my life. But, it, you know, I, again, I'm doing stand up and obviously stand up doing are, what you love. I'm doing God what I you. love. But comedians, for some reason, are under attack and they feel like uh, people have to feel like we have to they t- take our jobs, even at my level, even at Pat Dixon's level. They feel like they have to take their fucking jobs. And that's when you cross the line. I was I was wondering when we were going to get into uh, this controversy. <laughs> it's foreplay. I work on the neck nipples, <laughs> then I work my way down. Yeah, you can't just keep fucking right away. You have to at least start out with little necking first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Hand holding, touch the leg, rub the leg. You know, that's so, what uh, was it even alluded to today on Compound Media? Because I know yesterday it was brought up subtly and you had to know certain people who know the source to get to what the heck happened between pat dixon and gino visconti (laughs) let me preference this i'm I'm tied into this world and i don't want to be and i understand why i'm there because i go on anthony's show where i used to a lot kevin brennan i get why i'm a part of it i don't like it i don't watch gino show i like pat don't watch a show but yet I am the guy people are coming to about it. Like, I, the, I, I don't know. I get information for sure. I get information. I hear things. And I'm not digging for it. I'm not asking for it. I'm, sometimes I'm curious when I get something. I'm like, oh, shit, what happened here? But from what I heard, I didn't watch today. I heard 
apparently Gino had Pat Dixon's ex-girlfriend on. And I want to know how many fucking ex-girlfriends this Pat Dixon's had. Seems like now, he's dated everybody in New York. I think, well, that was a thing, wasn't it? That there was like a laundry list from Chrissy Mayer to this Felicia, whatever her name is. And that there's a list of comics that Pat Dixon has just, you know, just kind of ran through almost literally. <laughs> I mean, I've met Pat Dixon. I mean, he's, you know, with all due respect, he's not much of a looker. He must have a hog or something. And he's got that French Stewart appeal to him, like the look and the, the voice and everything. But I like the guy. I mean, he's I believe he's over 20 years sober. It's just he I've never seen somebody drink that many Red Bulls. I, he's going to give himself the gout at that point. <laughs> yeah. And I, I like him, too. He's a good dude. But uh, well, first of all, they're female comics. I shouldn't really be giving them that much credit. <laughs> Anyways, he had Gino's uh, or Gino had his ex on. And I guess he he wanted to fuck with uh, Pat because it was her birthday. I don't know what the story is. I'm assuming a lot of shit has been building like everything over at Compound. It was it's, it was building. And I'm sure Pat just kind of lost. It was his last straw. Went over to uh, Sullivan's, walked up to Gino. And Gino pulls his, hey, buddy, you know, his bullshit. And then Pat just knocked him in the face and blood, blood came out. He, I guess he loosened some teeth. But listen, Gino, you had it coming from somebody. You're pissing off a lot of motherfuckers, period. Well, this, this, is, this is the second time a compound media slash former compound media host has assaulted Gino in the last couple of weeks. And, because and uh, it happened were, with Aaron, too. Yeah, Aaron threw him up against the wall. It's it, if you're gonna play recklessly like Kevin Brennan, if you're gonna go to those levels, there's consequences. And listen, the, it, you came at me. You said you blame me for Godfrey. I did a live yesterday with Godfrey on my Instagram. I said, Godfrey, did I put you up to that? You're a grown ass man. He's like, no. He's been saying it since 2015. He's gonna beat Gino's ass. So for him, for um, Gino to uh, double down on me, and I'm just like, fuck you, Gino. And then you start saying all this shit. And then I find out he sends me an apology text like two days ago. Like, I'm sorry, buddy. You're one of my best friends, blah, blah, blah. We live together. And the problem with Gino is he'll say this stuff and then he'll contradict himself. And tomorrow he'll start shitting on me again. I go, OK, I don't believe you. I don't mm -hmm. believe you. And these are the consequences of your actions. I think now, Gino, if you're listening right, right now, whether on my podcast, the Check Your Brain on Patreon at patreon.com slash Tony Mazur, uh, Gino is subscribed to my Patreon. Um, and, you know, I, I feel I, here's how I'm going to say this in fairness to Gino is that he and I in, in a similar situation. Now, Gino, not only not only is he dealing with the Pat Dixon thing, you had Aaron throw him up against the wall. Gino got helped get me fired from my job. So there's a lot of fingerprints that Gino has going around. But this was before the whole Aaron situation uh, on my end. It was just another thing that's just kind of uh, happened after that. But as far as Gino goes. I kind of do feel bad for him though, because his, he, I, I'm sure he Why? felt that Aaron Berg was his meal ticket and played a little, little too close to the sun for a long time, especially with the drinking uh, and you know, the N words and everything. And Aaron finally, whether it was because of Gino or because of Chrissy and Frank or what the direction of compound media they, had Chrissy left. and Frank did have something to do with it. Yeah. Just so, for the record. Well, so somebody like with Gino, where he's probably going through some shit that he is not showing a little bit. And, and I'm not going to lie right now. And I, I don't talk about this publicly, but uh, I will say that, yeah, it's probably a good reason why I'm not employed at the radio station. It was go going to be a matter of time. Doesn't mean I still can't be upset, pissed off or even kind of depressed about it. So, so 
when you deal with people's emotions, that they're going to get to a point where they're going to start acting irrationally. Now, I don't know if this is the case with Gino, but I wouldn't be surprised if because of the whole Aaron thing that he's now really starting to act out emotionally and wear his emotions even more so on his shoulder. And it, it, could this be the case? I don't know. Um, you know, I also don't want to get to a point of enabling Gino. And I think that's one thing that's interesting is Gino for a long time talked about Artie Lang, how everybody wanted to have their Artie Lang's, oh, your, your father, by the way, of course, mm-hmm. on happy Father's Day. Thank you. <laughs> and uh, everybody wanted their Artie Lang story, but not an Artie Lang like, hey, I saw him do stand up. He was really funny. It was, hey, I went to do, st- or I saw Artie do stand up. We got him fucked up after the show. And then we took him to an after hours place and got him heroin. And then that started becoming a thing where you needed an Artie story, the same way everyone wanted their Chris Farley and they wanted their, and I, I'm not comparing the levels. They're David but, Tell. But then it got to the point with Gino where Gino got to his level of, hey, we want to have our Gino story. So it went from, hey, we got to see Gino do stand-up and it was funny. It was how drunk can we get Gino on stage and how drunk can we get him off stage and how drunk can we get him before the show even starts? And that's where that enabling thing started becoming an issue. And I hope that's not the case in the projection that he was doing so when people said, you people need to stop doing that with Artie Lang. Now I, I hope people aren't going to continue enabling Gino for this behavior to continue. A lot of those fans are awful, though. They're awful people, period. I don't care. I don't pander. I don't I'm not like Kumi. I'm not like Chrissy. I don't pander. A lot of those fucking fans suck. They stink. They take it too far. They think they're at our level. They think they can play ball. They think they have a comedic timing and they don't, period. That's why they're anonymous. That's why they hide behind a fake screen name, because they can't play ball. And you want to talk about cowards? You have shit to lose. We have shit to lose. And when you take it beyond that level, and I, first of all, I agree with everything you said about Gino, and you actually made me feel empathetic towards him, even though I'm mad at him for what he's done to me and what he said about me. Somebody just sent me a recording. He was on Chrissy Mayer's show or somewhere, November 2021, right? And that's when we were doing the football co- podcast, texting each other. Mm-hmm. He basically went on there saying I wasn't funny and I was just like stuttering John. And he's pandering. He's pandering to the who are these podcasts. He's pandering to Chrissy Mayer. And that's fucked up. If I would have heard it then, I would have like, what the fuck are you talking about? Stuttering John? Really? So there's consequences. If you're going to pander to whoever's in front of you and talk shit, you're going to get it. And you got to learn that. And I'm sorry you're dealing with anything. But at the end of the day, Gino, you're always talking about how great of a host you are and how great your life is and how great everything is. And you make so much money. And guess what? Unlike Tony... You're still employed there. So you didn't lose a job. So I don't care what your fucking problems are. Deal with it. There's consequences. So, and- oh, I, and that leads into what you were probably going to talk about, about gigs getting canceled. Now, do we know this for sure that it was Gino who put in a, a an anonymous call to get one of Pat Dixon's weekends canceled? Or I don't something, know. Or- I don't know that for sure, but I don't think Gino would do that because he's a comic. And I think Gino I hope likes not. No, I don't think he would. I don't think he has it in him. I, I, I think Gino understands that's taking it too far, you know, but he might have been pissed. I don't know. I can't speak for him because I don't know. He's contradicted a lot of shit that he said. So he might have the more I'm thinking about it. But that's where I'm going with that with Pat Dixon. Pat Dixon. And I, I got to tell you, he's a fucking man as a comic to do that. That's a fucking old school man move. And I respect Pat Dixon for saying, fuck you, Gino. Bam. You fuck yeah. with me. There's your punch. Settle like men, you know, Gino didn't punch back. I'm sure he was caught off guard, but it was coming, Gino. 
when when uh, fucking Gary Goldman threw Kevin against the wall, it was coming. Kevin had it coming. Bobby Kelly had it. He had it up to here. By the way, there would Chris be no Kevin. Chris, well, Kevin Brennan wouldn't be in podcast if it wasn't for Bobby Kelly. Like he so Bobby had it enough with the fat jokes, this, that. And listen, you're allowed to say you're not funny and all that shit. But when you just keep going and going and going it, we're people, you know, mm-hmm. we don't have to take it. And, I, and I'll say this about Pat Dixon, too, because I, I saw him do I, I never seen him do stand up live. And I saw him at Comedians of the Compound and five shows. And there's a lot of people who get tickets to every single show. I don't get that because a lot of it, it, it's hard for a lot of comics to have that much turnover with material. But Pat Dixon never repeated one joke in five shows. I got to say it was it was I don't want to say Godfrey level, but it because, you, you know, he's not doing full 45 minute sets, but he did a great job, I got to say. And uh, but for anybody who's out there and again, like you said, I, I don't believe it was Gino that would get Pat's gigs canceled. It's probably a Gino super fan. Um, don't get gigs canceled. I, I heard Kumia talking about this yesterday about Stuttering John. Stuttering John, if he gets gigs canceled, it should be because he's not funny. <laughs> It yeah. shouldn't be because somebody heard him, heard Carl on who are, who are these podcasts talk about him and say, hey, you know, it'd be really funny is if Stuttering John had gigs canceled. Now, I'll tell you this. I think that one of the cases is low ticket sales, but not because people are calling in the venue saying, hey, you know, uh, Stuttering John. It's because Stuttering John is not a commodity anymore. And I know this for a fact that I was going to do a show with Stuttering John, me and uh, our, our blessed friend, Chris Harvey, we were going to do a show at Stuttering John a, a few years ago in Youngstown at our, one, one of those areas. What was that? that? Uh, it was like the, one of those funny farms. And we we're going to do a show. And I'm not kidding. Four people bought tickets to go see Stuttering John. So you're talking about one table bought tickets to go see Stuttering John. And they had to cancel the show because it just was not. <laughs> he's, he's not. This isn't Howard Stern level Stuttering John. This is him ripping on Trump. And doing all this, it's, it's listen. It's he's just not a commodity. But no one should be going out there and calling comedy clubs and saying, "Hey, don't book this guy because he said things in the past and everything." That's bullshit. We we we're we're we are anti cancel culture here. I am bought by by no means defending Stuttering John. I think he's a bumbling idiot. He burned me. Uh, I took his his side because I didn't like Chrissy Mayer when he was. I thought Chrissy Mayer went in that for just obviously for opportunity. But he's a fucking moron. He's a bumbling idiot. He's the luckiest guy in show business to work on The Tonight Show. And, you know, Howard Stern, one of the biggest shows ever. You should thank his lucky stars that he had those two opportunities. But I do believe these people were trying to get his gigs canceled. I do really believe you that. think so. Absolutely. One hundred percent. The w- same way they went after T.J. Miller. I've seen it time and time again. They, contacted same way they, the, they went after you. Did you I mean, just he- me recently. <laughs> Literally three days of hell thinking I was getting deported out of the Bahamas and getting fired from the comedy club. And this is how reckless this is. Not only that, the comedy club agency that booked me, they work me 70% of the year. I have a great relationship. I've been working for, luckily, thank God, thank Christ. They know me, they stuck by me and all the bullshit, but I could have been fucked big time. I was lucky. I was yeah. very lucky. Because there's very a pissed. lot of times when there is an, a, any type of threat and that they have somebody who's on there, even if it's not true, they you're too hot right now. We can't look, you know, there's going to be controversy if this gets out in the news, everything like that. And they just even if it's not true, you have club owners, you have uh, I mean, and this could happen with musicians, too. It could happen with anybody that you just get 
completely wiped out. It's like, look, guys, you know, we can't really can't do this right now. It's uh, the whole thing's going on. And with someone like when the Chelsea thing just a few years ago for you, is that you had and, and and here here's the thing with me is having people call my old radio station and tweet at them and email and try to get my sponsors boycotted. It's like this is where I was talking about the end of last last episode and other episodes is this whole thing. If you if you're somebody who is anti cancel culture, you need to still support in a way. You don't have to like the person. You don't even have to like their comedy or anything. You don't even have to really respect them, but you need to respect the atmosphere that we're going through right now and stop getting people fucking canceled right now. Stop going out and lobbying and being part of this mob and trying to get people shut down. Yeah, exactly. That's what they, and by the way, that's what they want you to do. They want you to have infighting and implosion. They want lines divided at your own radio station, your own podcast network. They want those lines. I mean, the, uh, as I've always said, the gas digital people, the compound media people, everybody in this universe, MLC, we should really, our common enemy are the people who are trying to get us canceled from the outside. Why are we doing it on ourselves? This is what's so fucked well, up about it, and I can't stand it. And I will bring this up, and I know you're, you're Switzerland on this, so don't try to cancel Tony Mazer. I will say because <laughs> I've been very vocal. The, the Clintons of comedy, I like to call them, Frank Pellegrino and Chrissy Mayer, they're they're not authentic. They're puppeteers and they're enabling a lot of these these trolls. They're 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 going out of their way to dox people and to fuck people up. That's a fact. And that's not cool. And that brown noser, by the way, who's used Kumia's name more than he's ever used his name to get places. You're going to get fucked up someday by somebody. You know, you thought Gino was the first one. I'm not saying I'm going to do it. And that, that's another thing. She tried to accuse me of getting one of her hit. I would. As much as I do not like gums, I would never try to get her fired. I would never try to, you know, let her go on stage and bomb on her own. Let her go do her. Let her bomb on her own. And let, let the market decide. I mean, if you're not if you're not ready for headlining, if you're not funny, if you're not whatever. I mean, I, I look, I've seen comics try to do 45 and they can't. I mean, we've we've talked about the one weekend that Chris Kattan was trying to do stand up and uh, he bombed so bad. He had to repeat jokes to the point where he had to host the rest of the weekend. Well, okay, so then he's not a headliner. He's just a guy you bring in. And it's the same thing with all the TikTok and Twitch and YouTube stars, but it's the same thing with other comics. You let the marketplace decide. If people think that Stuttering John is not funny, because he's not, and if you go see him and you say, wow, holy shit, I spent $25 for a ticket to go see this. This is awful. That's when it decides. But don't call up comedy clubs. Don't call up bars and bar gigs and everything and saying, hey, by the way, you know that person that you booked there was accused of this and has a rap sheet and this and that, and it has warrants. You don't fucking do that. There's a, there's a code oh, by of the ethics way, in this. Not, not only that, legally, you can't say you're ATF. Are you f- <laughs> fucking kidding me? Are you that stupid? And now I have, I don't, I can't speak about it to be continued. But even Godfrey was telling me on the live yesterday, he had people trying to cancel him saying that he raped women. They yeah. contacted the improvs and funny bones. Luckily they're like, they laughed at it because you know, <laughs> what the fuck's that? So yeah. there's people that recklessly say things, but at the same time, when you're not selling tickets and you're going after people, you're a piece of shit. Bottom line, period. You're a piece of shit. No. You should not be respected. And that's what it is. And you're going to get you're, you're going. It's going to come back. It's going to come back. Have your little victory now, your little dopamine drip, but it's coming back. And I'm sorry to repeat last week's episode, but I'm still fucking fired up about that. 
because you put me in a fucking terrible position when I was doing my job and I was telling jokes. Listen, we could talk shit on social media all day long. I get it every day that I'm not funny. I suck. Credit card, blah, blah, blah. Oh, nothing about Brennan, nothing without Alan. I get it every day, but that's where it stops. You could say, and a lot of people come in with you punch, but when I come back with a fucking rocket launcher and you can't handle it and you have to take it to a new level, that's when it, that's, you're not a, prof, you're not a pro, bro. You don't have it in you. You're not a Twitter, you're not a Twitter vigilante. Oh, this is where we've gotten to in a culture where instead of trying to be the funniest person possible or most talented, we have to tear each other down and bring everybody else to this level. That's one of my big problems is instead in, in all of society. And I talk about it on my podcast, too, about how culturally, instead of encouraging people to, OK, you're, you may not be the greatest singer, but maybe take some vocal lessons, may may try a different octave or a different style of singing. Instead, it's yeah, like, no, Anthony I'm going to bring other people. <laughs> exactly. Is Anthony, is Anthony Kiedis going out and trying to get people's gigs? Can't, oh, wait, he did. He did that with Mr. Bungle back in the day. Oh, my God, you're right. You remember that? For people who don't know that uh, Warner Brothers had – Red Hot Chili Peppers and Mr. Bungle on their record label. And Mr. Bungle had their third album, which was called California, that was coming out in 1999. Right around the same time, their label mates, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, had Californication. And I guess Warner Brothers said, guys, uh, Chili Peppers are a big name on this label. John's back with the band. We're going to have to uh, yeah, we're going to have to uh, push your album back because the Chili Peppers are too hot right now. You know, no pun intended. And that uh, that pissed Mike Patton from uh, Faith No More, who's the lead singer, Mr. Bungle off. And they decided to go on stage and do uh, Hillel Slovak impressions of him overdosing on heroin and Oof. making fun of the Chili Peppers and everything and all their misgivings and heroin use on stage to the point where Anthony Kiedis successfully got Mr. Bungle thrown off a bunch of concert festivals and tours and everything. And I don't agree with that, Anthony Kiedis. I think that's fucked up. But I will defend Anthony Kiedis. I think Mike Patton stole his style. Watch the epic video right around that time. Mm -hmm. when I mean, that was totally Kiedis' style. And I think he's probably a little annoyed by that. But I, do I don't condone it. I don't. Anthony, I don't condone it. You're, it's one of my favorite bands, Blood Sugars. You know, I'm more of a Shante Fleeve, Chad Smith fan than he. I think he's the weak link. But I do not condone fucking people's income up. Don't never will. Never going to happen. As much as I hate you, I'm never going to fuck you up with your income. Yeah. The, the only thing that, you know, you mentioned that example a few weeks ago when that guy like tried to, didn't he try to friend you on Instagram or Facebook? And you're like, this guy was a fucking asshole to me in high school. Oh yeah. But yeah. you didn't go out and get him fired from his job. You just said, basically screw off. That's <laughs> what you did. You didn't go up to his, uh, you didn't call his uh, manager and say, this guy used to bully me and be an asshole to me in high school. And he's going to continue doing so right now. So I, it would be in your best interest. Or if you made up completely fake allegations by saying he was a rapist or something, you didn't do that. You just fucked with him emotionally. But even going back to my, my court case, when that was pending, People were contacting the prosecutor, sending they've got her personal email address. They were sending her links, sending her audio was one of the many prosecutors that it went through. And then they, they were going into the Zoom court like this is beyond the stage. It's beyond a podcast. This is my personal life that I'm dealing with right now. And all you armchair legal experts that thinks they know everything. You don't have a fucking clue to this day. Not one person has said exactly what happened or knows exactly what happened. And it's none of your fucking business. It's not my job to 
oh, I this is what happened. I could care less. But when you take it to that level, you're a piece of shit. You're garbage. You are garbage going to that level. When you take it off social media, when you it's just it's disgusting. When you fuck with people's income and their freedom. Fuck you. No respect. Don't get, don't get gigs canceled. Don't don't do that. Even if you don't like the person, there's a lot of comics I don't like. There's a lot of entertainers I don't like. Name names. Uh, well, uh, <laughs> by the way, you know, it was kind of funny. I saw this over the weekend. What uh, in my neck of the woods here in, you know, not far from Akron, Ohio, was what's called Country Fest. Mm. And it was a big country festival. It goes on every year. It's at Clay's Park. And um, one of the, the headliners was Morgan Wallen. Now, if you know Morgan Wallen, he was another guy who was canceled from country radio because a drunk video of him saying the N-word but he said with the A and was just calling one of his white friends, kind of how, you know, people used to do that when they were in high school. You would call him my N word. You, uh, you, you should get this guy a show on compound media. Yeah, exactly. From uh, preferably from two to about three thirty. <laughs> and so Morgan Wallen, it, what's interesting, it's kind of an, a, a good redemption story, because after that happened, this, this is not long hold after on, the whole on, George Ra- Floyd shit. Hold on. Radio Shock Jock. You ready? Yeah. Uh, oh, you you. You just jumped over my burp. I'm so, I'm sorry. I, I I didn't know Mike Trevisano was on the air. <laughs> I was trying to go, dude. I was trying to be shock jock. You're tr- you're trying to be Opie and Rover. Oh, that's right. He does do that because his 18 diet cokes he drinks in the morning. Um. So Country Fest had Morgan Wallen, and right after the whole George Floyd thing, is that because that video surfaced, and they were trying to get him canceled. So Country Radio said. Guys, after George Floyd, we got to cut this. Oh, we can't have, even though he's one of the top grossing country singers at the time. Well, what happened? The marketplace decided we like Morgan Wallen. And to the point where he was one of the top streaming artists on uh, all over the place on Spotify, on Apple and everything, no matter how many times they tried to cancel him. So Morgan Wallen's kind of back. It's a nice redemption story. But it's interesting that my old radio company, co-sponsors and puts on country fest that had Morgan Wallen. And one of the people who was instrumental in helping get me let go from the station got a selfie with Morgan Wallen. Hmm. So I'm persona non grata where you have to unfriend me on everything and turn your back on me because Tony did a podcast with uh, Gino Bisconti and an N word was dropped and ratios, blah, blah, blah. But you'll get a selfie with a guy who actually used the N-word on video that you can find immediately. And you're like, oh, look, it's Morgan Wallen. Selfie. Let's take a selfie together. It's just this is what you're dealing with with these people, that they'll turn their back on you. And then they're also the same people that will see you at a gig and tell you how funny they are. And they want to buy three T-shirts and five CDs. So really, fuck a lot of these people. Oh, yeah. No, so much hypocrisy. It's ridiculous and in comedy oh forget about it i was just thinking today i was riding my bike i was like eddie ift bert these guys i've known for 15 years as soon as i get in a little i, I start mouthing off i get, you in, get in hot water i get in hot water from two to seven or two to four or two to whatever <laughs> uh and, and you know I, I i start mouthing back a little bit and they just abandon you and they turn their back and start talking shit it's just bullshit. And until just, they need you, though, that's the thing. Is yeah. it at some point they'll come back around and will need somebody? Maybe not necessarily you, but somebody in your universe. Like, like you, what you said that pissed off Bert Kreischer is, "I'll see you on your way down." Now, uh, 
I, I guess what's unfortunate for people who don't like Bert is Bert is still pretty big right now. I mean, he's still doing arenas. He's doing amphitheaters. He's doing a lot of stuff right now, but at some point it's not going to be Bert Kreischer day and that he'll be back in, you know, side splitters. He'll be doing comedy clubs and he'll need morning radio. He'll need to, pre- it could be in a year. It could be in five years, it could be in 10, 15, 20 years, but that's why you don't completely it's weird because we're kind of in a business where you and I were of the shock jock mindset of when we started in radio where it was fuck this fuck all these people but it was also for entertaining purposes that hey uh you know we're just doing we're trying to make good radio is what we're trying to do right now but then it gets personal and then you go man I, I I don't know where to go and then the bridges start getting burned and sometimes you sometimes those people will need you again you're like oh really weren't you the guy who turned your back and hey weren't you the girl who said that I can't be associated and you had to unfriend me and block me on social media now you want me again fuck off well that's the thing what Kevin did and a lot of people don't realize I know he's always gonna have his diehards you're never gonna sway them that's fine like I have always said you could be friends with Kev- fans with Kevin and fans of mine and fans of yours I don't care I'm not like you got to choose a team or you're fucking done. Or I'm done with you. You can do whatever you want. I still love Aaron Berg and I still love Gino. I'm sorry. It's it's one of those cases where it, it sucks that they're fighting, but you're allowed to like things that you like. Yeah. And there's <laughs> you people don't need that, to be on a team. No. And, and the thing about what, what Kevin was, he, he started naming names and going after people and it became a dopamine drip and he got addicted to it. And then he started going after his allies, people that were helping him. And he was going after them and after them. And next thing you know, your, your world's getting smaller and smaller and smaller because he's addicted to going after people and even the people that had his best interests in mind. And now you're down to a couple fucking loser, loser fans with shitty day jobs and pang dang. That's it. That's all you got. <laughs> Who's your ally? Who's Mario your guy? Bosco. Mario Bosco. <laughs> fucking retards. Like you had actual people who wanted to help you and your world's getting smaller and smaller. Well, that's, way, that's what, go ahead. Mario's a very nice guy, but annoying as piss. Go ahead. Mar- Mar- with- Mario Bosco is like in his fifties right now, but has the, he looks like an eight year old still Just ask, he asked for everything nonstop. Can you do this? Can you post this? Can you do this? Can I come this? Can I do a guest spot? It's like, dude, you're so annoying. I don't hate <laughs> him. He's a nice guy. I feel bad saying that, but I get like four Mario Bosco messages a day. I just, I, <laughs> He needs to be a guest on Mondays with Mazer. Have him on. You know what? Let's have him on. Let's have him on. Maybe he'll like <laughs> calm down. I have 25. Look, let me look, look here. I'll pull it up. Mario. I follow Mario on <laughs> fucking uh, Instagram here. My, my, one of my favorite impressions. It's, it's one of those that people, it, it's an impression of somebody who knows that Dave Juskow does a great Mario Bosco impression. And I love it every time. <laughs> it's like, you motherfuckers, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't know why it's just, it just it it brings me so much delight and no one knows who Mario Bosco is. I'm I'm pulling this up right now. You getting his phone number out? These are this is my inbox to Mario Bosco. <laughs> no, this is from him to me. Look at this. This is all coming from. Look look at. There's no fucking replies from me. Not one. So Question. these are all videos and videos. photos. Can you do a guest? Can I do a guest spot? Who books that? This. That. He's got the now he's got the Gary Coleman, Emmanuel Lewis disease, right? I, I don't I'm assuming 
like he's he's like 50 years old but he has that body like it's not even progeria it's one it's one of those like liver kidney diseases where you just stop growing and you look like a child your whole life yeah which is sad and i i, I he's not a bad person it's just no <laughs> just annoys me <laughs> but like what it, yeah it gets to that point when you're someone like kevin is that people like naming names but for those of us who do name the names you have to look and realize when the names start coming back at you and then like you said about the allies where i think sometimes where if you want to go against gary gullman okay i don't see a lot of crossover with gary gullman's audience and kevin brennan's but going after dave landau going after dave smith and his libertarian audience dude now he's going after ari the troll of trolls the troll of all trolls who was Mm. trending in the country for going after kobe ari's (laughs) crazy he went i mean Michael Rappaport smacked him in the face. Like, Kevin, like, what are you gaining from that? If anything, you you and Ari share the same fans. What You know, Ari's fan base is a lot bigger, but they would love you. But now you're going after Ari because he's pissed that you helped Pang Dang get passed at the cellar, which is bullshit. You know, he's been doing comedy for four years. They passed him because he was Asian. And, 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 and Ari's pissed because his friend, whether you like him or not, I know you I don't like Tony Hinchcliffe because he was dismissive of Kevin. So Kevin took that as a slight, made him an enemy. So Ari was pissed that he tried to get that guy canceled. He's like, fuck that dude. Yeah, that's, um, yeah, going after Artie. I mean, or Ari, I should And Artie. Yeah, go go after Artie. Well, no, he did. At, at this you, point, it's like punching down if you go after Artie. <laughs> no, he, but he was punching it when he was on Kumia. He was pissed that he was the co-host of Kumia. Like, he's anybody that was like the co-host of Kumia, Kevin was butthurt because he always thought he should be the co-host. I mean, <sighs> Kevin's good in Kevin's good on I'm going to say this in complete fairness. Kevin's good on Kumia's show in the small doses that he's on. That it's not should not be a permanent fixture as a co-host. It should be, you know, if he does one day a week or one every two weeks or something like that. I I uh, that's fine. But it also kind of goes to show that Kumia is not getting the guests that he used to on his show anymore. Bottom line, I mean, compound for for you compound subscribers i know a lot of them are fans of mine too not a lot a, of them some... i've been a compound subscriber since anthony got fired from sirius so i've been it's eight years now their world's getting smaller too like it's you, you piss off so many people and there's so much infighting you you have chrissy mayer and frank Doxon people of, and just going after your own you're eating yourselves period and you had a network that used to have gavin i know gavin does wednesdays with uh anthony but you had uh Shane Gillis, you had Legion of Skanks, you had Dave Landau. For what you say about Dave Landau, guys selling out theaters, um, you have Aaron Berg. And now you're down to a bunch of fucking feature acts. You got Chrissy, Gino. Come on, let's let's face it. Gino's not that great of a comic. Sorry, Gino. No disrespect. Pat Dixon's probably the most, probably the strongest comic there. I Don mean, Jameson. Oh, and forget about Don. I always forget and, about and, Don. And Don, by the way, Don is going to actually, him and Mark Rick and Don are going to be in uh, my neck of the woods at the Funny Stop, our home comedy club. Uh, over Again? The yes. They're Jesus. doing a co-headlining thing, Mark Rick and Donna and uh, Don Jameson. But Don is, uh, yeah, I, I, you got to believe Don's probably the next one who's probably going to go over to Gas Digital and do his own metal show or something. It makes sense with Ralph Sutton over there. Like I, I, I But Don's great. He doesn't involve himself in this bullshit. Like, he doesn't. No. He's like, I'll stay out of it. Just do my show the way Don's you're supposed to. Don's a great guy. I, and I say this not just oh, because I, I've known Don for a number of years and knowing Florentine is that Jim Florentine and Don Jameson are two of the like best guys. I don't want to say nicest because that makes it seem like they're like super. But like they help young comics. They'll get them guest spots. 
uh, they'll help them put with tags and material and anything. And they're also cool hangs after the show. They're don't, not don't, drunks. Don't they're say not nice. Say solid dudes. Solid. Good dudes. Good dudes. Yes. <laughs> I shouldn't say good. I shouldn't say good dude because when we say that, it's also saying they're not good comics because no. we have our we have our coded language where we talk about how some people are like, great guy, what a great comic. What no. about this guy? It's like he's an amazing per Bill Baranke. He brings brownies and cookies to the show. He's a great guy. Hilarious comics. It's it, that goes without being said. I don't have to. I mean, Florentine's in the Comedy Hall of Fame at this point, so I don't have to say Jim Florentine's not funny or funny. It, it goes without saying, but. But when it comes just to character and just being help, like you said, helpful, just solid, just solid, just fucking dependable, dependable people. And and there are people like you said, don't get involved with the bullshit there. If they're doing something like I mean, Florentine was with Barstool Sports for a couple of years. And then when it got to the end of his contract, he's like, all right, I guess I'm done with my contract. That that just goes to show you the type of character Florentine is, because when a lot of those contracts are up at Barstool, those, uh, I guess they call them stoolies, which I don't agree with. I think that's pretty gay. A lot of those, they start attacking the former shows. They go after them, you know, for content. They left Florentine alone. He's like one of the maybe few that left unscathed. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, Florentine's a guy that has his audience and everything. And I guess if there's a, a lesson in this episode that we're talking about is being more like a Jim Florentine, be more like a Don Jameson and don't be a, a Chrissy Mayer. Don't be a... Uh, don't get gigs canceled. Don't get pe- people's gigs, even if you don't like them. There's a lot, of, like I said, there's a lot of comics. There's a lot of people I'm like, eh, I'm not a big fan of, but I'm not calling up the comedy club and spreading fake rumors about rape charges and weapons charges and warrants and anything. How about this? If they're not a good comic, let them bomb. Let them bomb. And the club owner says, hey, man, uh, you're just, you didn't get the, you know, you did five shows this weekend. None of them really hit. I'm sorry, but this is going to be the end of the relationship. That's it. By the way, I was very fortunate in my situation because, you know, the Bahamas, it's another country. They don't know what the hell's going on and they have to do their own investigation. They have to do their own background checks. They have to do everything. I'm one of the few comics that basically I had a comedy club and a booker stick up for me, which never happens ever. Comedy clubs like he's doing great. He's great. He's doing great. He's great to the staff. He's hilarious. Booker's like this guy's dependable. I book him all the time. Anybody else would have been fucking gone just on a drop of a hat. Luckily, if I didn't have in my corner and after the Bahamas did their full fledged investigation on me because of reckless pieces of shit out there that I would have been gone and I would have been it would have been a disaster for my life, my my livelihood. And I don't know. I just can't let that one go. You're supposed to forgive it because that was just recklessness. You took something from social media and you took it off social media because you got butthurt. Period. Yeah. And and here's the other thing is that this is kind of a cautionary tale. We have a hard out in what, a couple of minutes, right? Yeah, I have, I have a gig that I just picked up. It's right around the corner. So I said, yes, I can okay. literally ride my bike there. So okay. I'm in. So, uh, you know, we talk about this from the lens of comedy and media right now. I mean, like I got canceled a couple of months ago and I have to work a real job to make ends meet and do my podcast. You almost got canceled from the Bahamas and got canceled from gigs in the past and everything. And then you have anyone from, anyone from Pat Dixon, stuttering John, whether you like him or not, get their gigs wiped out because of rumors, allegations, or just people being fucking assholes. Um, we're talking about this through the lens of entertainment, but remember this can happen to anybody. I did a podcast on this back last year when 
Dave Chappelle was going through the whole situation of uh, the, the whole trans people were going after him. And then you also had uh, John Gruden because of emails that he sent 10 years ago. John Br- he basically- Bruton? John, not John Bruton. No, no, he's he's on his he's a stoolie too. Mainly, he sits on a stool and tells no jokes for a whole comedy set and tells everyone they're racist. It's another um, one of uh, Tony and I's many many inside jokes that oh, people yeah. miss out on. <laughs> and, and so when you start looking at this and you you go, okay, look, John Gruden signed a hundred million dollar deal with the Raiders. If he gets canceled, he's going to be fine. If Dave Chappelle, if Netflix says, hey, Dave, I'm sorry, but it, you're it's too hot right now. We got to let you go. Dave's going to be fine. I care more about the person who works a normal blue collar job, an office job. And he posted something like blue lives matter or all lives matter on his Facebook page. And all of his coworkers and people start calling up his employer saying he's being racist because he's not valuing black lives. And it could be anything like that. So when you talk about cancel culture, it's not just in comedy. It's not just in, in the entertainment field. It's not just in sports. It can be anywhere and it can happen to anybody that if you think that you're safe because you work a normal blue collar job, that you don't think that if you posted something on social media that was a little uncouth for a couple of people, you're wrong. It can happen to you. It can absolutely happen to you. So this is this episode is an entire cautionary tale for what could very well happen in the workplace, especially when you have these blue haired uh, millennials working in HR right now and people getting uber offended inside the office. It can happen to anybody right now. And those are the people I really care for. So we talk about this from our angle of getting canceled at our respective jobs and gigs. It can happen to you if you're listening and you just have a normal job. It just, just, just let's not let it get to that point. And even with, with Gino, as much as shit he's been saying and mouthing off, I would never want him to get fired from any gig. His, I, I would never want them to take an LOL gig away from him in Times Square. <laughs> I would never <laughs> want him to lose his job at Compound Media for talking or the, shit. Or the comedy dojo. Yeah, you have every right to talk that shit. But I also feel as a man, Pat Dixon had every right to punch him in the fucking face. Godfrey has every right to punch you in the fucking face. And that's what it is, in my opinion. But don't take away his gigs. Yeah, don't don't take the gigs. Just assault them in public or or, or be like Aaron Burke, which, by the way, I guess, Gino. So uh, Kumia, Gavin and Josh Denny are doing a, an entire like a comedy show heard. and a gathering. And apparently Gino's flying down there. He's not doing a gig. He's just going to be there. <laughs> you know, what's sad is I was friends with those guys. I live with Jim. I would go visit them and hang. But they've been they, they fell victim of this bullshit, this trolling. And I'm just like, I'm not going to drive to see you fucks. It has been shitty to me because. Who are these podcasts or some douchebag fans you're pandering to? I'd love to hang with you guys, but this is the bed you made. This is what it is. And you can fucking rack me. Tony Mazer has a Patreon called Mondays at Mazer. Uh, I have a Patreon. Check your brain. Check your Mondays. With, I don't even know. Oh, yeah, that's part of it, though, too. I'm that's under the up. umbrella. That's under the umbrella of the Check Your Brain is the Mondays with Mazer, Tuesdays with Tony. And it's uh, it's uh, behind the paywall. And we appreciate your support. Uh, thanks for your continued support. Uh, if you know, since people are trying to cancel our gigs, you gotta please have our back, and we will continue to provide content as much as we can. We'll talk the real shit. We won't sway. We won't pander. We'll just. Oh, your Kmart ready? Yeah, your Kmart ready. Sure. Oh, I got something. I, oh fuck! I'll I'll show you next week. So for Tony Mazer, I am the Z Man, Florida's greatest comedian. We will see you next Monday or Tuesday. Good night. God bless.